Hi, I'm David Stoker, and I want to welcome you to the Better Life and Recovery hashtag Hope Dealer Movement podcast. As a visible and vocal member of the recovery community since 2009, I'm frequently asked questions and for advice from people all the time. Some are curious, some are still using, some are in recovery, and some people just care about somebody who's currently struggling with a hurt habit or hangout. If people in my community have those questions, I guarantee that people everywhere are looking for answers as well. We started this podcast to give you answers and support because not only is recovery real, it is amazing. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back. Um, We are going to pick up exactly where we left off last week. So once again, thank you for joining us last week and we will continue just kind of jumping in right where we were at. Uh, because this was actually all recorded at one time and we didn't realize it was one episode that turned into two. Another one of the really cool things, <laughs> and I say cool very sarcastically, is it's why I say things like I'm too recovery for harm reduction people and too harm reduction for recovery people and I'm too Jesus for recovery people but too recovery for Jesus people. Yeah. Um, is there's a lot of things that people say that I just, frankly, I don't believe. Yeah. You know, and some of those, and it kills people all the time. And what sucks is it's been said for so long that, say, somebody like a family member who's never experienced addiction themselves hears it and they believe it. So we have things like, like, I don't know if you know this, but uh, diabetics actually have relapses more frequently than people with drug drug issues. <laughs> yeah. Um. But wow. yet, nobody looks at them and, and says, we're going to discontinue their treatment because I guess they don't want it. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, it, it really works out well. Um, I, I'm going to have a 100% success rate with the people I work with uh, because, because I'm only going to work with people that want it. And by want it, I mean they have to stay in this thing. So it doesn't matter if it's uh, a Christian in uh, recovery method, it doesn't matter if it's a 12-step method, it doesn't matter if it's treatment. My excuse, instead of going, there's multiple pathways to recovery and maybe I should help them find the pathway that works best for them. It's why what I do is relational ministry, not, I'm not going to smack you upside the head with the King James version of the Bible. In fact, most people that come through the doors here at the center, I never talk about the Bible with. You know, um, I believe that we lead by example and everything else falls in place. I'm not there to convict them. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, yeah. I'm not there to redeem them. That's where God comes in. You know, I am there to love on people and... And I th- and it comes out that this is why my recovery is how it is. Now, let's help you find what's going to work for you. Now, imagine if I was like, because I work a humble program. Well, <laughs> everybody has to do it my way and my way is the only way to recovery. So let's take it for instance, treatment. Instead of treatment going, what can we do? Because as a therapist, I should be able to work with, I should be kind of eclectic and be yep. able to work with multiple modalities. So instead of going, well, I guess they weren't ready yet. Okay, what can I do differently to engage them in the treatment process? Yes. Um, instead of going, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, they just weren't going to enough meetings and weren't working the steps. Well, maybe they don't like meetings and maybe the steps isn't for them. Right. Just like, well, I guess they're not going to church enough. And I mean, I can say that with faith. Right. Um, Well, I guess they're not going to church enough and not reading the Bible. If they read the Bible all the time, then their recovery would be great. Uh, No, that's not accurate. A, some people aren't going to touch the Bible and that's fine. For some people, it might be the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita or nothing, you know, nature. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Um, But 
you know, there's this thought that if they don't do it, that's their fault. And we know ne- we never accept responsibility that, uh-huh. that maybe our way isn't, you know, I mean, you can be a Mandalorian if you want to. I don't know if you're into the Mandalorian, but you know, it is the way. Um, but, uh, <laughs> It's not like that with recovery, and unfortunately, we have misguided so many people by preaching things like tough love, rock bottom, they have to hit rock bottom. I didn't find recovery on a rock bottom. I found recovery when I was actually doing decent in my life. Uh, I hit multiple rock bottoms and just got a shovel and a rock breaker and dug deeper. <laughs> dug deeper, right? Yeah. I, I didn't recover on a rock bottom. If people would have been waiting for me to, I mean, rock bottom's dead, Yeah, you know? Um, because what's rock bottom to you may not be rock bottom to me. I may just be getting started. This might be fun. I love the chaos, right? The chaos is, the chaos is addicting. So, yeah. So I think that we do huge injustices to people because we continue to, to spread this crap. Um, believe it or not, 12 steps isn't for everybody. Even, even Bill W said that back in the day, it's in one of the grapevines. You know, he, he said that his biggest fear as it formed was that people would become dogmatic yeah. and start to believe that this is the only way. And, and he said, I don't know why, but for some people, this does not work. So I'm grateful there's other things out there. Well, and that's, here's the thing. I mean, I'm a very big believer in, I've seen what God can do, but I also know that if you'd have came at me with God, Ooh, that would have been all bad. Well, see, everybody would ever here until my grandparents. The only experience I had with the church was when I was going to a show, and I was just getting people standing out front with a giant cross, and they were just yelling because huh. they didn't like the the underground metal. Yeah, scene. because the underground. <laughs> it was in, Satan. Fact, in fact, I remember it was a New Year's Eve show, and it was. Um, it was Metallica and Death Angel and I believe Exodus. There's like four bands. And it was actually at the San Francisco Civic Center, which would be like the biggest underground show that you could have would be at that place. Uh, we never Underground bands never played the Civic Center. Right. And there was a guy out there and he, was, he had his cross and he was yelling. And I'm just sitting there watching. And people are flipping matches at him, and he's just screaming hatred. Like the guy that stands out on the corner downtown, uh, downtown. and yells at the college kids and the I've, people I've going to the bars. I've tried to talk to this guy, and as soon as you try to talk to him, he shuts down and goes back to what he's doing. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to engage people, um, and that's what I. That's how I saw. That's why I said your your religion is your is your drug, right? Because you didn't care, and so. But I'm a hundred percent believer in whatever works. For the simple matter is, you can, a dead person has no has no future. Right. I always say dead people can't find recovery. Yeah. And if I'm talking in a faith based setting, I say if you truly care about somebody's salvation, yep. you can't redeem a dead person's soul. So let's keep them alive long enough for. That's you know, uh, the Holy Spirit to work on them and in them. And, and that's where I stand on like, like harm reduction. Like I believe in harm reduction. I believe in decriminalizing drugs. I believe that we should have syringe access programs that are legal everywhere in the country. I believe that those types of programs actually better impact people and bring them into recovery sooner. Um, because I'm able to talk to somebody and show them love and compassion. So the next time that they have a need, whether it's maybe counseling for beha- for some mental health issues, maybe it's housing, maybe it's food, uh, maybe it's they're ready to go to treatment. 
it gives them somebody to go to that's always treated them with kindness, compassion, and respect instead of, I mean, everybody that came in my life was going to fix me and make me better. Yeah. And I will tell you, I wasn't broken. I was perfectly shattered. I was the way I was supposed to be. Uh, I didn't have a drug problem. You did. I I always had drugs. Yeah. (laughs) You're the one that's had a problem with it. The the old commercial, uh, just say no. Well, yeah, just more for me. Yeah. This is your, this is your, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. No, that's food and I'm hungry because I'm high and, and you're right. making breakfast is what you're doing. Yeah, we we had shirts that said, just say yo. Yeah, just say So we yo. kind of morph that around. But yeah, it, you know, instead of trying to, sh- to put my values and beliefs on somebody else, uh, maybe I should meet them where they're at yeah. and try to figure out what they need. Because maybe they're homeless. And man, I remember when I was homeless... I mean, I remember sleeping in tents and abandos and, yeah, and um, I've been there. slept under a few bridges and uh, in, in that slide, the, the twisty one that has the covering because <laughs> yeah. I could get out of the rain. Um, because, you know, the first time I was the first time I was homeless, I chose to be homeless because my dad grounded me for a week. So I ran away for a month during the summer and came back. I think I was it was a summer before I went into seventh grade and I stayed on my own for a month. Um, just running around yeah, and, you know, kind of flopping and on couches when I could and when I couldn't sleep in the park during the summer. And, uh, all I wanted to be housed. I just wanted, you know, but you when it wasn't by choice, yeah. when I was actually having to pitch a tent and having to sleep under, uh, overpasses. And I had a friend that was lucky enough. I had a friend that was also homeless. that had a truck. So sometimes we could sleep in the truck. We just drive out in the middle of nowhere when I was in Branson. Uh, I wanted to be housed, but man, I may, may be working with somebody who's homeless and they actually, they're okay being homeless and there's something else they want to deal with. So instead of coming in and placing my values, yeah. man, if, if I was using chaotically, I'd want, no, I wouldn't. I was used chaotically for a couple decades and yeah. never wanted help with it. I was always forced into help. Yeah. Right. Um, and even when I did want it, it never stuck in but that's a completely different discussion, right? Yeah, that's so. Yeah. So stop meeting people. And Jesus wasn't like whore, you know. <laughs> when he talked uh, to the woman at the well, I mean, yeah. he treated her with all the compassion and respect in the world. And even that word, I mean, we still live in a misogynistic society that is very patriarchal. Where if I'm a guy and sleep with a bunch of people, I'm a stud. Everybody yeah. claps me on the back. And if it's a girl, then she's a whore and she's looked at completely differently. Completely. I mean, we still need, there's still a lot of inequalities. Yeah. And I think that's another reason that we have, you know, so many deaths of despair too, is because of those inequalities, whether it's economic, whether it's racial, whether it's based on sex. I mean, social, yeah, it's, I, uh, so for those that don't know, I'm also a pastor. And so yesterday, my this kind of fits right in. Yesterday, my my sermon was on love, on loving God, all your heart, mind, and your soul, and then the second is loving others like yourself. And um, I can't. My my job is not to judge you. My job is not to wait until you get your life square and then come love you. My job is to love you unconditionally. It's a it's a thing that uh, it's intrinsic value. You what what you do does not give you value who to me as a believer who you were created in the image of gives right. you value you have value just for the simple fact that that i believe that god created you in his image and he chased me you know what if he could chase me through the dirt and the crap that i've been through 
and I can't step into the dirt and crap for you, right? Then, then I'm a liar and I'm a hypocrite. So my my goal is not to get you saved. My goal is not to get you into church. My goal is my goal is to love you, and if I do that, then you're you're going to then your needs will be met, your needs will be met, not the need I think right. you have. You um, know, in social work, it's called unconditional positive regard. And basically what it means is everybody intrinsically has value, yep. period. Yep. You know, so it doesn't matter if you, you've never used drugs, yep. you've been in recovery for 20 years, you've been in recovery for a day, or you got high outside before you came in to talk to me, you still have value. You have value. It doesn't matter if you've got a, you know, if you're... $100,000 in debt or your bank account has seven zeros in it. It doesn't matter if you're driving a Lamborghini or walking around on your Lamborghinis, right? <laughs> um, at the end of the day, everybody has value and yes. we've got to figure out we've got to figure out how to better engage people because I think there's a lot of people we're missing right now. And you know, this is because I am talking to a pastor, I'll talk about the church a little bit. I feel like the church has done a really bad job. Very bad. Because we're full of a bunch of people that hate higher taxes, don't want to pay higher taxes, say, well, the it's not the government's job to take care of people. Originally, it wasn't. Originally, yeah. the church took care of people, but I will tell you now, the church isn't doing a great job of that anymore. Yeah. Now, they're really good at throwing on $100 ticket events and making sure that they're full of all kinds of people um, that can tithe. You know, uh, they almost court people you know, yeah. um, anymore. Uh, I know people that, I know churches that will not send like, uh, their youth to another church's youth events because they're afraid their kids oh, will have fun and not come back. You're going to get me started. You know, I know when new churches have opened up in, in certain towns, churches have literally gotten mad about it. Um, because they're like, well, they're going to take some of the, some of, some of our people. Then a, just to be 100% Jesus faith-based right now, they're not your people, they're, not they're your God's people. people. Yeah. And for you who are like, well, I don't want to pay more taxes, I believe it says in that book that you value that you're supposed to give God's things to God's and Caesar's Caesar things to Caesar. To Caesar. Yeah. And it's not your money. Honor your government. as well. It's, it's not your money if you're a Christian. It's God's money. And he, if he wants you to have more, he'll give you more. Yeah. And it, if you're fine, then you're fine. And if you're not, then you're not. We also live in a sinful world. So just because you want something doesn't mean doesn't name mean. it, claim it, prosperity gospel, yeah, all those fun things that I'm going to toss out the window and not talk about because that's completely different. But I think right now the church has done a really good job. They did with me. Um, the hypocrites that I knew from church, like the people that would yell and cuss at me <laughs> that I was going to hell while they were sitting there doing shots of dope with me, yeah. kind of alienated me from the church. Uh, the fact that my mom and dad, when I was a little kid, would scream and cuss all the way to church <laughs> and then get big smiles on their face the minute the front tire touched the church yeah. parking lot and hop out with a ha so-and-so how you doing everything's fine the fact that you know my first memory is being molested by a babysitter from church i mean all these different things um really alienate people from the church and then because people inside of the church a lot of times i don't want to talk in you know um 100 is statistically yeah, impossible so yeah, there, i will there, say no there's absolute. a there's a good group of people that are more invested in feeding people in Haiti yeah. than they are in feeding people in their own community. They will pay buy a plane ticket for $3,000 to fly to 
Cambodia. Um, but they won't put 50 cents in their gas tank to drive to a shelter or uh, an organization in yeah. town that, that's trying to work in town. I've always said if my family's starving and there's a family in Kansas City that's starving, I'm going to take care of my family first. Yeah. That's you know, I... we do not do the church originally, you know, it, at one point it was kind of that that anchor. It's I think why Steve Donaldson started like a rural compassion, yep. you know, but right now the church doesn't do the job. The government has had to step in because, uh, uh, let's face it, we've got a lot of weekend warriors. One of the yeah. best sermons I ever heard, this pastor, uh, uh, he's down in Branson, and it was Ted Cunningham. Okay. And it is uh, Easter Sunday, which is one of those days that you have everybody, and most pastors throw a bunch of fluff. Feel, feel good. And when everybody walked in, I was visiting my father-in-law, and I went to church with him. And everybody, when you walked in, you got a piece of green candy and a piece of red candy. And... Uh, he talked about that. He's like, I know some of your OCD, you probably wanted two reds, two greens, tough. He said, because I, I gave you this candy to visualize something. He said, and, and I'm, I know I'm going to make half of you mad. He said, maybe more than that, but it's okay because half of you, I only see twice a year anyway. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, but he said, Honestly. a lot of you guys, he says, you start being a Christian, that green piece of green candy, when you walk through those doors and you stop being one as soon as you walk out. You know, and, and that's Ooh. part of that's true. But the other piece of that is I think people are so afraid to show that they're having struggles because they think it will reflect on their faith with other people yeah. that they don't let go. And because of that, you know, I think we talked about it before the podcast started. There's somebody sitting next to him in the pew that, I mean, is going to that they're hanging on by a thread yeah. and they have nobody to talk to because they think it's part of the, their faith isn't strong like everybody else is in there. Yeah, if you're and, you're having issues because you don't believe. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I would agree. I mean, I, as a pastor, I would 100% agree. Here's what I would say. I mean, just going back to like 1950 is when the church started pulling back from social issues. Uh, the church was the social safety net. If you had then, if you had, if you were hungry, there was food. If you, they helped, but but then there's something happened, and, and culture started changing, and and the church didn't like that, so they pulled up their doors, and so instead of having instead of having a uh, instead of being a mass unit, we became castles, and we pulled up our drawbridge to keep us safe. Somewhere around the 60s and the 70s, the government, anytime the church steps out, the government steps in. Yeah. Something has to be there. And so as the church pulled back, and now here we are in you know, in 2020, and, and the church is going, well, that's, that's not the government's job. Well, you're right. It's your job. It's your job. So if you truly believe it, then step out and do it. Yeah. The government's not supposed to do it. Then what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? You're, you know, I've always heard if you're not part of the solu solution, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem, and and that's the same thing. And, and here's, but I will say this: there is a shift going on, I think, in the church, and a lot of it has to do with with COVID. I see. I'm 100% bought into the idea. That if we're talking about the church, that God uses things in the church. If I go back and look at my Bible, I look at Egypt. God used Egypt. Egypt, as horrible as it was, God used Egypt to prepare a people. Move forward, God used the Babylonians who came in and just destroyed Jerusalem. God used, used, them, used them to wake up. 
He used Cyrus from um, to. These are all things, very negative things that happened, but the positivity that came out of it is God's people woke up. So I can look at today and I can say there is an undertow of... I think there's some recovery churches and churches that have pastors that have come out of the yes. trenches. But yeah. I still think a lot of our bigger, more established churches yeah. are continuing. And if, if nothing else, in some ways, they've actually pulled further away from a lot of those. They will... Now, don't get me wrong. When it comes to social issues, they will be more than happy to stand in their tower and cast stones yep. at people that aren't living a life the way they feel they're supposed to live a life. You know, but I mean, I've always heard that uh, complaining without a solution is whining. Is whining. So I'm like, okay, so if you're going to create all this change, how are you doing it? Yeah. What, and what, what I see is them getting bigger buildings, nicer vehicles, uh, bigger jets, okay. you know, yeah. um, and not really doing anything to impact. I mean, pastors used to flock. They used to be the people that ministered to their church. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got all faith-based. So, um, but, <laughs> but I mean, Jesus fed people, healed people, and then he preached to them. I mean, he tended his flock. And most pastors at bigger churches, they don't even, they don't. Pastor don't, their flock you don't anymore. See them unless they're they're on on stage. They're on stage, and now they have a bunch of people underneath them that are supposed to do all the work. And I don't I don't think that's how it was supposed to be. I don't think that's how it ever was back then. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, well, you had itinerant was, people that would travel and but, help build but even up. Then they met the need before they asked you to come out, and the and now I mean we have churches honestly that won't do anything for anybody that's not a member and not tithing well unless they're trying to get some publicity because something happened to give them a black eye and then they're going to make sure to do something but to publicize this, the yes. crap out of it instead of you know doing it in the dark like Jesus you know gave don't talk to people about this hey I'm going to do you the solid I'm going to heal this yeah, but, but don't, don't talk don't say anything Right. But anyway, we got way off track. So anyway, concerts. Okay, so concerts. you're doing these amazing concerts. Yes. And, and I think we even have something coming up. Don't yeah. We? December 5th. If you're anywhere in southwest Missouri, northwest Arkansas, uh, eastern Oklahoma, or anywhere within 100, I'm going to say 500 miles of Springfield. <laughs> I'm going to really blow this out. Um, we have, it's called Recta Halls. It's our first time doing this concert. It is... Um, we have five bands coming in. It's on a Saturday. Um, the cost for so you were talking bands earlier. The, the headlining band is Relent. If you liked Lincoln Park, you will love Relent. I promise you. These guys, seriously, in my mind, they are the next huge thing, whether it be secular or crossover. These guys are the real deal. Um, Relent, the protest, another amazing band. We've these guys, any of these bands would be headliners on their own. Bread for War would be a headliner. Um, Break the Fall, another band from, I think I think they're from Oklahoma. Um, and then we also have a hip-hop guy, uh, Stevie B. He's coming down from Kansas City. The cost for this thing is a toy. And a toy? A toy. How and many bands? Five bands. Five bands, and probably, it'll probably go on for about seven hours when you, when you figure all the, but five bands... One new unwrapped toy. I mean, don't bring me your broken slinky. All right. right. Because what we're going to do, man, we're going to take all those toys and we are going to bless the uh, SRCC, the recovery center here. Um, you know, people going through 
going through recovery, a lot of times don't have a lot. Right. I mean, your focus is on staying clean. And so our fo- what we want to do is we want to make this, the holidays should not be a time of stress. That's the last thing you need when you're going through recovery is to worry about what your family is going to, what you're going to do for your kids. Every parent, I don't care whether you're whether you're clean or whether you're using, every parent wants their kids to have a special day. And so that's our job. Um, we have sponsors that have already paid for our bands. So we have, no, awesome. we have no money going out into this. So 100% of all these toys, we're going to take them, and we're going we're gonna to hopefully bless a whole lot of families. And here's what we do. We don't want the kids to know it's us, right? Most, Like you were saying, most churches... You throw everything up, the newspaper's there, you right. know, you want to write up about it. Uh, we don't want, there's no way that the parents won't know, can't, but the kids won't know. So what we want to do is we want to, the parents, we're, we're not going to say, here's the toys you got. We're going to take all these toys and we're going to divide them up by age group and we're going to let the parents go shopping. That's kind of what we thought we'd do is you're doing it on the 5th and then we'll probably set something up either the following Saturday or the Saturday after that where people can kind of come through. So, and, and that's what so we... So, are we going to do that here or over there? I guess we haven't talked about that. Well, I mean, here's, here's, what, here's what I'm looking at, and you can, you can let me know how you want. Um, so, the next week is our children's program. Okay. So, if, if the families want to come out to the church, we're going to... We're not going to preach at them. We're not going to... You know, we're not recruiting. Oh, you're not sitting there saying you have to come in here and yeah. listen to my sermon first? Yeah, no, it's our, it's our kids. Our kids are doing their program... Uh, and then we want to take and feed everyone. We're going to have a lunch afterwards. Everyone eats. That sounds uh, awesome. Yeah, and then the kids and our, our, our uh, in fact, one of our teenagers is going to just do some songs and some just some fun stuff with the kids afterwards. Uh, it's, it's no, and then while they're doing that, parents can be picking parents up. Parents are going to go upstairs and they can, they can shop. Throw um, it in the trunk. and Put it in the trunk. And now now on Christmas morning... When the kids all come out and they see these, it's not, oh, the Crossing Church helped my family out. The kids look at it and they say, my parents are the heroes. Right. Which is what it should <clears throat> be. Absolutely. And that's awesome. And, and um, So December yeah, 5th, one toy, multiple bands. One toy, multiple bands. Here's the thing. If I you, mean, if you want to bring two, go ahead. If you want to bring two, if you want to bring ten, go ahead. We have, here's the beautiful thing about this community of this underground Christian metal community is that we have people from all over this area that are coming that are doing toy drives where they're at in Tulsa. We have a toy drive. Um, we all we stole this idea. We didn't. We didn't. This isn't our genius coming up. I have a friend, Jamie Kaczynski, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we stole this idea from him. He used to do uh, Not So Silent Night, and, and it was the same same concept. And they, but they did it for Casa. They took care of seven counties around Tulsa they provided all the toys for Casa kids in a seven county area Um, that'd be an awesome thing to build up to that's what that's what we're looking at man how how incredible would it be for every kid that every kid looks forward to this but but kids are smart and they know my parents don't got right you know how amazing if every child in in Green County, in Taney County, in Christian County, in all these, every kid when they came out on, on Christmas morning had something. That'd be pretty awesome. 
how, how what does it do for your for your esteem? for your kids too yeah and I mean, for the parents the parents you know they, i surprised my kids because they thought they were getting you know, <laughs> you know they thought they were getting a stick yeah a stick and a wheel here's a baton go yeah, have fun go play uh, put on your knickers and go chase it around <laughs> go chase, <laughs> chase the hoop around the yard Wee! Uh, yeah i mean but but how cool it because i mean you come out and, and you have something and it's yours yeah and, and it wasn't my parents gave that to me the government didn't give that to me right. my parents yeah that's what the kids he's in the parent the parent has dignity absolutely you know that's that's man without so so i think we're, we're going it's amazing not only have we gone long for one episode we've actually gone long for two now <laughs> um so it's, this is going to turn into a weekly series it's been uh fun talking to you yes uh, we're kind of wrapping up so december 5th the crossing church uh i think the you doors know, open at three do you have a chains unchained like Facebook page, uh, we do. If you go to, you can go to one of two places. You could go to um, Chains Unchained on Facebook. If you just go in, it's Chains Unchained Fest, or it's Next Level Christian Promotions. Or if you just want to go, you could go and actually look up Wreck the Halls official, and that'll take you to the event page for okay. Wreck the Halls. Uh, but any of those three, those three Facebook, just Google Chains Unchained. And of course, Fest. we're pasting it on. Better Life and Recovery, yeah, SRCC, everything else. So uh, There are multiple multiple paths to recovery. There are multiple paths to our information. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, I may steal that tagline from you. Um, but yeah, and here, and what I tell people, if you if you don't live in this area, you could still be a blessing. You could still send it. We've had, you know, I had, it was cool, two older ladies, mid-80s, came up to me yesterday in church, and they're like, we can't do the music. But they each handed me a ten dollar bill. That's They're awesome. like, we don't have, you know, and these are people that don't got nothing. Man, that ten dollars is going to bless over and over and over. Right. So you can send a donation if you want. Um, we just want none of this goes in our pockets. Everything goes back to somebody. Uh, we want to bless people, so that's that's where we're at with that. And as we wrap up, uh, I'd ask you to kind of say something in closing, but I mean, I think that kind of nailed it. Yeah. You know, so instead of telling you we're going to do a closing, now we're going to do a uh, a closing and an opening for our uh, the second episode. So just know it's going to break weird, and that's fine. Um, and like I said, I don't know if my wife will edit this out or not. I almost hope she doesn't. Yeah, hey. So anyway, we love you guys. Um, Hope to see you next week. Uh, We're not see you. I hope you uh, tune in next week, and we will have another podcast. Thanks a lot. Have an amazing week, y'all. Bye. In closing, I just want to thank you for listening to the podcast. Please join us every week for new episodes. If you want to connect with us further, if you have any questions, topics you'd like to hear in the future, or maybe you would like to be on the podcast sometime, you can connect with us at betterlifeandrecovery.com. Uh, there's a Better Life and Recovery page on Facebook, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter, uh, B-L-I-R underscore N-P-O. Also, this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about the network at studiodna.media. Thanks a lot. Y'all have a great week.
Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak.